Life's soundtrack can feel a bit like... But you can still change the station. With Delta Airlines, you can turn your soundtrack into a global chorus. Delta. Keep climbing. In today's economy, more people than ever are looking to buy and sell businesses. But how do you do it? Welcome to The Deal Board, presented by Transworld Business Advisors. Straight talk about real deals and real people. Listen to stories, interviews, and expert advice to help your business sale, merger, or acquisition process. Now, here are your business exit experts, Andy and Jessica. Welcome back, everybody. And today, we have a great show talking about the retail industry. And you may have heard sayings like retail is dying or everyone's going online. And we have a lot of experts on the show today to talk about, actually, that's not really true. Retail is reinventing itself and kind of pivoting into a new form of retail that we've seen in the past. So Andy, I know you have some two great interviews from two different Michaels, right? Yeah, we have two Michaels, Michael Ziff. And Michael happens to be our master franchisor in the UK, but he has a huge background in retail. Uh, His family used to own one of the largest shoe companies in the UK with hundreds of stores and obviously uh, owned a lot of those real, that real estate and uh, knows retail very, very well. And then also he and his family uh, had a public company and still do that uh, for a mall uh, located in Leeds, a very large uh, project for its time and uh, still successful. So Michael, you know, talks about the huge opportunities for what he thinks is the top end of real, uh, of retail and the bottom end and the, kind of the middle getting squeezed out. But a very interesting conversation uh, has, you know, uh, what's going on in London is like what's going on here. And then Mike Weymouth uh, from the Las Olas Company, here in Fort Lauderdale, a very nice boulevard here in Fort Lauderdale. His family has owned the, uh, the that real estate for years. And he talks about how they're kind of, you know, regrooving uh, the street and how uh, there's still opportunities for uh, people who want to go out and touch and feel and, and see the things that they're uh, that they're buying. And so, you know, with both those conversations, like, you know, we said before, we certainly don't think retail is dead. Right. And Chris Cantwell from our team out in Denver also has a great example of that similar experiential marketplace that's, you know, you're seeing a lot of the malls and larger strip centers kind of turn over into this more experiential place. So he has a a story about one of those shopping centers that did just that and actually has increased the value of the company he's selling in there. And then we also have a general market report uh, from a commercial real estate expert, Phil Kubot, talking about, you know, that commercial real estate in the retail sector is still very desirable. And you are seeing this shift to some experiential areas, but it's also a desirable sector for investors and landlords to still have retail holdings, which is a good indicator for the industry as a whole. You know, and I think it's just interesting that you see um, a lot, and we've talked about this uh, both uh, Chris and Phil and I, that some of these online companies are now coming back to retail. So we had this move of all these online companies that were dominating the marketplace. And now, you know, you walk into the mall in Denver, Colorado, and Casper, that was an online mattress store, now has a giant retail center in the middle of the mall. So it's really just interesting to look at these market dynamics and what's going on with the industry as a whole. 
Yeah, you even see Tesla, you know, say that they're uh, closing all their dealerships and then all of a sudden they walk it back. I mean, you know, I you would think, you know, especially a mattress kind of situation where people want to lie on the mattress and they want to understand, um, you know, what it feels like. And you're seeing a lot of these online retailers kind of have uh, retail space. <laughs> Look, Amazon just started opening bookstores. They just actually in Denver, they're opening a bookstore where Barnes and Nobles used to be like 10 years ago, which I think is completely ironic and funny. But yeah, it just opened a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. What is old is new again. And so I, I think we have some great conversations today. We have some great guests. So let's get to it. Sounds great. Transworld Business Advisors is the world's largest business brokerage and mergers and acquisitions firm with over 500 brokers in nearly 200 offices worldwide. Transworld's team handles thousands of business sales every year. To be connected with a qualified business broker or learn more about the buying and selling process, visit tworld.com forward slash the deal board or call 888-719-9098. Welcome back, everybody. And today, as you know, we're talking about retail and the changing environment that retail's going through right now. And to add a little bit of a commercial real estate perspective on it, we have Phil Kubot, who is the managing broker for Transworld Commercial Real Estate in Denver, Colorado on the show to share with us some stuff and some statistics of what's going on in the retail environment related to commercial real estate. So Phil, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jess. I really appreciate the time. Great. So tell us a little bit, you know, I know you have some numbers pulled for the listeners, but overall, what is the landscape related to retail, meaning shopping centers, um, retail environments, shopping malls? What does that look like from a commercial real estate perspective? Yeah, sure. Well, the retail market is one of the most dynamic that we have uh, when you talk about the traditional commercial real estate uh, verticals that we work within. Um, and the retail market has shifted so drastically because of online shopping and how consumers are approaching the market. Um, I would say that last year in 2018, vacancy rates in general stayed the same across the board. Even though we saw um, a lot of bankruptcies, which I'll get into, um, we're definitely seeing some good absorption over the, the course of um, 2018. So there was about a 1.4% increase in rental rates because of that. So rental rates still do te- are still going up, even though the market seems to be pretty flat with that vacancy rate around 4.3%. Interesting. So even though we're seeing a lot of change in the retail environment, you know, vacancy rates are still about flat and rent still going up a little bit, not drastically, but a little bit. Tell us a little bit about from the investment perspective, people looking to invest in commercial real estate in the retail in the retail arena. What does that look like? Right. Well, pricing's gone up um, as rental rates continue to trickle up. Cap rates were impacted in 2018 by averaging about 7.29% across the country, whereas in 2017, they averaged 7.09%. Total retail center sales activity in 2018 was actually down compared to 2017, but because the investment numbers are better, uh, there's a lot of activity still in that market nationally. So we see a lot of these traditional retail centers and shopping malls and shopping centers moving to new concepts. So some more entertainment type concepts. Have you seen any traditional retail spaces, you know, go out and flip to some brand new type of concept that you haven't seen before? The industrial market has actually started to get uh, 
from a rental rate perspective, extremely expensive. So some traditional people that would typically have gone into an industrial center and paid their rental rates are now starting to find that they can get into some big box type uh, retail centers for comparable pricing. A good example of that would be the CrossFit movement. A lot of CrossFitters used to go into industrial centers and put a lot of pressure on the parking there, um, and they would be able to open up a fitness-type use. Now, I'm starting to see these CrossFit users move into more retail-type locations. We're even seeing some concepts like where a Bed Bath & Beyond went out here locally in Denver, and a flea market concept came in, and it's a place where small business owners can come in and showcase uh, their businesses. Um, I see that a lot in the furniture sector too. Um, and actually there's been some cases where there's been like restaurants that will go and launch out of uh, like a warehouse type uh, environment where people can come in and sample different types of foods and it becomes kind of like an incubator for restaurant type uses. Yeah, very interesting. The movement from industrial to retail, but also this more incubator movement taking over some of these larger retail spaces. Phil, thank you so much for sharing these insights into commercial real estate and how it's affecting the retail environment. Um, And if anybody wants to talk further with you or learn more about you, how can they reach you? Well, yeah, you can find us at transworldcre.com or you can email me at phil at transworldcre.com. And thank you so much, Jessica, for the opportunity to come in and talk. Great. Thanks. Hey, Andy, you know what time I think it is? I think it's time to talk about our deal of the week. Deal of the week. Hey, we're back and it's time for Deal of the Week. Sold. And today we have Ken Gorman back. And welcome, Ken, from our Transworld Business Advisors London Southwest office. And Ken is really has a lot of things going on over there. So welcome back, Ken. Hi, thank you, Andy. So tell us about your deal. Yeah, this is a uh, an IT support company. Um, it, it, interesting deal. It, um, it's just a three-month IT support company. Uh, turning over about um, $320,000 a year with about $100,000 of discretionary earnings. Uh, And it turns out these little IT support companies are in very high demand because uh, other IT support companies want to grow through acquisition. Um, When we did the math on it, he doesn't really have a lot of recurring contracts that are at least written down. And so it probably was coming in based on the ratios at about, I don't know, $200,000, $250,000. But uh, the owner insisted that we we list it at $350,000. And per our training that we Got the great training we got from Glenn that you we should really always trust the um, or, or try to trust the uh, the owner's instincts. We did we did go with uh, the three hundred fifty thousand, and um, we ended up getting a lot of buyers coming through saying it was too expensive. But we found just that perfect buyer that really wanted it, and I was willing to pay um, three hundred twenty five thousand dollars for it. And we we ran the process of uh, managing the due diligence uh, through us and the lawyers, and, and it was just picture perfect. And at the end of it, um, we bought the guys a, uh, a long lunch. It went on for six hours. I was led to believe in that we paid for it and, uh, and ended up being a great deal for both of them. Well, that sounds great. I mean, it, that's what we always strive for. Great deals for great people. It sounds like it was a deal that was well run. Uh, sounds like we found the perfect buyer. Absolutely, Andy. So thanks for coming on today. I appreciate it. Great to be here. Welcome back. And again, we're talking about retail today. And we're talking about, you know, the future of retail. Obviously, it certainly seems like there's a lot of challenges moving forward and things are changing at a frenetic 
pace and, you know, all the online marketing, but there's still opportunities in retail. And we have a very special guest. We have our partner, Michael Ziff, and he is with, of course, Transworld Business Advisors of UK and London. And not only does he have an extensive background in business, but specifically retail, uh, his family, longtime business owners, uh, took the company public uh, in the shoe and apparel business. And of course, they uh, he was also a director in a retail um, mall and, uh, and and all kinds of all kinds of uh, shopping centers. And he'll tell you more about his background. But welcome, welcome, Michael. Thank you, Andy. So my background uh, in retail was. Uh, at Debenhams department stores, uh, equivalent to Sears in the UK, um, another department store chain that's uh, going through tough times. Um, and uh, I then joined our family business, uh, which was shoe retailing under the brand names of Barrett's, Priceless, Saxone, Hush Puppies, which is obviously well known, uh, and various other brands that we had. Uh, we also had a sports business similar to Foot Locker called InStep, which we sold at the uh, start of the uh, millennia uh, and then developed the shoe business, uh, which um, traded until 2013 uh, when we finally closed the doors and closed up the business, other than we now have a website. Uh, and at one point, we were the second largest uh, shoe business in the United Kingdom uh, with those brands. Uh, there are there are interesting opportunities in retail, and uh, we'll happily just have a few moments in answering some questions from Andy on those. Yeah, so obviously we sell a lot of businesses, and some people are quote unquote kind of panicking about the uh, future of retail. But you know, I think you know you see these big department stores, which you would just uh, mention Sears and Debonairs, Debon and and you could see those companies. Um, obviously going out of business. And uh, we just were talking about, I, I just had on a, a few podcasts ago uh, during Christmas time, talking about the closing of Toys R Us and how that's been a boon for the small toy retailer. So there's going to be niches out there uh, that people can, you know, do well with and here and in the UK. So, you know, what are some of those niches or what kind of, you know, what kind of a uh, level of retail, you know, the discount or luxury, what do you think, what do you see out there? So th there will always remain opportunities in retail. Um, and you've got to look at the methodologies of the way these businesses are set up. The businesses that are failing at the moment um, are those or the ones that are challenged where they have high rents to pay, high rates, uh, high staffing levels, uh, and therefore the business that they're projecting, the business that they're running, um, the footprint has got very little future. Um, on the other hand, you've got top-end brands that are well-wanted like Burberry's and uh, the likes of those sort of brands. Uh, and at the other end of the uh, scale, you've got the discounters. The discounters know that if they're going to discount, they've got to have a very low overhead, and that's where they're successful. And it's about their sourcing. They're sourcing product at very competitive prices. Um, so both of those ends of the business market and the retail trade uh, has got opportunities. So then you then look at what are the opportunities in the middle. 
there's no doubt that the internet is squeezing the mid-marketplace. Um, and it's the advent of ASOS in the United Kingdom now coming to the USA, Amazon, which goes without saying, um, and a number of other of these uh, websites uh, that um, are taking up the market share. The barrier to entry for the websites is incredibly low uh, compared to the high street, traditional high street shops. So where will the opportunity exist in the mid-market? Well, you get empty shops, you get people vacating shops, and landlords are not going to pull those buildings down. Uh, they're going to want to try and get them let. So there is the opportunity of going in there and saying to landlords, um, what deal can we do? Uh, and you can do some very good deals uh, in the marketplace at this moment in time. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, you know, in general, we were talking uh, about the future of, you know, niche retailing. And um, so I, I think you outlined that pretty well, that high on high, on the high end and on the low end, obviously, they have the ability to uh, make money. And even, even in the mid-market, uh, people will have opportunities by having low occupancy costs. So, you know, what, the other thing that we're seeing, or what do you think of, you know, sort of the entertainment kind of retail? Uh, uh, FAO Schwartz uh, just reopened in Rockefeller Center, and uh, that also opened up a sweet shop. They're doing gangbusters. Obviously, they did gangbusters during the holidays, but. You know, do you see that kind of entertainment kind of uh, and you see a lot of these centers opening up where there's sort of entertainment kind of mixed with the ability for retail? An FAO Schwartz, and I suspect time will um, be the same because the equivalent of FAO Schwartz is Hamleys in London. And the stories are over the years that Hamleys opened up into various other cities and found that the business didn't travel. And I suspect that something like FAO Schwartz might go to a few cities. It doesn't travel. Um, you're not going to be able to run that business across 100 to 200 shops. Um, that, that, those days have finished now. There's got to be very unique and very a reason why a business has got to exist um, today on the high street. The consumer is very discerning. Uh, and it's about the product, it's about the product mix, it's about the price, about the price architecture, uh, and it's about the detail behind the product in each individual store. Um, so I, I have to say that there are, there, the, in terms of uh, opportunities, both USA and UK, of people to grow today, big chains, um, I think it's going to be very limited. Um, However, there is opportunities for um, people for who've got local businesses to be able to grow them locally um, and, be, again, come back to talk to landlords and uh, see where there are opportunities for them to, to grow locally uh, and expand their businesses. Um, there are opportunities to take existing businesses um, and saying, actually, bolt them onto so um, I've got a, a client who's wanting to grow their um, beauty and health business, and they want to buy, grow by acquisition so they can find two, three businesses in the area locally to them and then bolt these on, change the name, and develop their brand um, in that area. And, and increasingly, 
I, I see that as an opportunity, which is quite interesting because in the 90s in the United Kingdom, that opportunity existed. And that's actually how we grew our business. Um, we bought a lot of small businesses every year, three, four shops. And then eventually we were buying sort of 10 or 15 shops and culminated in 96 uh, when we ended up buying 130 shops in one go. Um, but the the opportunity is to, to grow by buying clusters, taking the overheads out, taking the back office out, uh, and, and dramatically then uh, seeing your turnover grow, um, and hopefully the margin will grow with it without the incremental cost to, to uh, head office costs. So to kind of sum it up to our listeners out there who are often small business owners and people that are considering expanding and buying, you think there's a a silver lining perhaps to all this disruption in the marketplace there's always a silver lining i um other day uh, spoke with a friend of mine who said to me did i fancy going back into the retail at christmas time to which i said no and he said yes you do he said he runs a belt business in great britain and he said how about us opening a chain of um belt businesses uh, belt bars uh, in the malls over Christmas, you can get great deals, and particularly if you go and negotiate now. Uh, and he called me this afternoon, and he told me that he had uh, negotiated four deals for Christmas next year. Um, and whilst he normally only runs one shop a year, um, one shop at any time he, he, he operates, um, he's, he said he's going to run 20 shops this Christmas, and he's negotiating very good deals with landlords. So that's an example of an opportunity. Um, are there other opportunities? Yes, there are. Um, I, there are opportunities to sit with Transworld and see how you can expand your business. Um, and we can help you by finding suitable businesses for you to bolt onto your business because I see that as a great opportunity. Um, and in particular, if there are those businesses that are failing, sometimes going in with the right management means the business can succeed. So there are even opportunities on that front as well. Great job, Michael. Very nice speaking to you today. Uh, why don't you give everybody the ability to contact you, give them your website, and uh, thank you for coming on. So uh, thank you very much indeed, Andy. Um, uh, if you want to talk to us, um, you could always ring me on my mobile, which is zero double seven one two. 867215 in the United Kingdom. And our website is www.tworlduk.co.uk. Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time? Almost. It's time for listing of the week. Welcome back, everybody, to our retail show. And for our listing of the week this week, we're joined by Chris Cantwell from our Transworld Denver office. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jessica. It's been said that retail is dying. And while we do see some shifts in the retail industry, um, I'd call it more of a uh, skinning the herd. And there are still some great retail properties out there. 
I've got a specific listing that's in a retail mall and the owners of the mall at one time thought about completely tearing down the mall and redeveloping it, but they didn't. Instead, they went in and reorganized the mall and they put it in an aquarium and brought lots of reasons to bring families in and kids back to the mall. And we've seen traffic continue to grow there. I've got a chocolate business that's in the mall. This would be a great business for maybe a first time buyer. It does uh, just under 400,000 in revenue, produces about 100,000 in seller's discretionary cash flow. And we've got it listed at 2x multiple, just over 200,000. So retail is still alive. It's still happening out there. It's a great opportunity to get in. It's a great opportunity for a first time buyer. Feel free to reach out with questions. Great. Thanks so much, Chris. Sounds like a great deal and a really interesting concept uh, for the retail mall that was revamped. So if buyers want to contact you and learn more about this listing or others you have available, how can they reach you? You could go directly to my website, cccellscompanies.com, or you can call me at 720-370-0049. And my email is chris at tworlddenver.com. Great. Thanks so much. Hey, we're back and we have a very special guest with us and is a friend of mine as well, Mike Weymouth from the Las Olas Company. And the Las Olas Company, if, if you've ever been to Fort Lauderdale, there's a street called Las Olas Boulevard and it is the place to be in, in Fort Lauderdale. And the street has gone through many revisions and reimaginings. And today we are talking about retail and it's a great place to go shop and be entertained. And I have Mike here to talk about the future of retail. And again, we're, 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 we think there's opportunities out there for small businesses. So Mike, why don't you talk a little bit about the Las Olas Company and what you're thinking about the future of the Las, of Las Olas Boulevard? Well, thanks for having me on, Andy. I appreciate it. Uh, the Las Olas Company actually has been around since the 30s. Uh, we, we were founded uh, by my ancestors. I'm fourth generation around the company, and their first investment on the boulevard was the Riverside Hotel back in 1936. So we still own and operate that, and that's our crown jewel, and we've kind of built all the stuff around it. But over the years, uh, we've acquired properties. Uh, we find that uh, the hotel and the retail properties and office space complement one another, and so it gives people uh, reason to get out and walk around, whether they're an office tenant uh, wanting to go shopping or getting something to eat, or if they're a, a hotel guest uh, for the same reason. So um, we, uh, we have... A, about uh, 150,000 square feet of retail space and about 100,000 square feet of, of, of commercial. So um, there's some very good synergy down here. Something that uh, that has occurred recently is we had uh, a new building that came online with a lot of square footage, and we also had some vacancies. So we have um, shifted our focus a little bit uh, to try to bring in some nationals to fill some of these pockets uh, with name brands that, that more and more people uh, would recognize. But our optimal goal is to have a nice combination of nationals and locals so that, uh, um, you know, there's a nice eclectic uh, mix of different types of shopping. You know, you can uh, go to a sunglass hut or you can go to either a smaller eyewear or fashion or what have you. The other thing, because we own so much of the real estate and have so many leases that are with restaurants, is we try not to cannibalize uh, our restaurants by duplicating uh, menu types on the boulevard. Obviously, we can only control the uh, the stores we own, but uh, but that's our goal. So we're trying to make it a nice balance on the boulevard, 
and you know you, you you talk to retail and where it's going or where it's been um as people are well aware um amazon and the like you know online shopping has significantly hurt the big box and the large malls um and so people today are are shopping more online but they're also out shopping um, in districts like ours, um, and they're looking for experiences over and above beyond what uh, what uh, you may find. So they'll come, uh, and we even see. Let me finish by saying we may even see, uh, like uh, at least we just signed recently with Tommy Bahama that they've got a new product called Marlin Bar that they're rolling out across the country. We just signed them a couple months ago, and they're going to be opening up uh, towards the end of the year. But they are introducing a new. Um, smaller plate tapas kind of, uh, of of restaurant mixed into their uh, men's and women's fashion. So um, I think we're in a pretty good spot as as retail morphs from the big box and a larger footprint to a smaller touch and feel. Um, you know, at the end of the day, shoppers want to make sure that they they are getting uh, what they think they're getting. So. Um, I'll leave it at that for now and, and see if you have any questions. There's obviously more, but uh, I don't think you were expecting all that right off the get-go. Yeah, no, that was great. That was great. And I I agree with you. I think that people love that touch and feel, right? So if you're going to buy a quality product, and that's, you know, what I think the future of retail is, is that, you know, a lot of those quality products are still going to be ordered or, you know, want to be felt and seen and they want to have that experience. And, you know, Tommy Bahama, that's great. You know, you see a lot of these entertainment slash kind of retail things kind of popping up. And, you know, again, Las Olas Boulevard wasn't always Las Olas Boulevard and you continue to have a vision for it. And by the way, I will mention you called uh, the Riverside the crown jewel. And it is, if you please, if you're listening to this and you want to visit Fort Lauderdale, please try to spend a few nights at the Riverside Hotel because you're right in the middle of the action and you guys have a vision for the street and you've, you've even worked with some of the other landlords. You were talking about that. Yeah. You know, again, we realized that uh, the large nationals um, try to move in a pack of two or three or, or something like that. And so um, while we have space available, not all the space that we have may be the right size, the right location. Some want to be on a corner, some want to be in line, and so uh, we have teamed up with a couple of the other uh, owners in the area just to, you know, try to raise the bar for everybody. And as they say, you know, the tide raises all boats, and so if we're doing better and they're doing better, everybody's doing better. So um, we've we've embraced that philosophy, and and uh, we play nice in the sandbox with our neighbors. Yeah, and we also talk. You know, we're talking about small businesses and entrepreneurs a lot here on the on the deal board. So. You know, you you are friendly. I mean, I've seen a lot of individual store owners down on Las Olas Boulevard. Like, it's a great to have that mix, that eclectic mix where people could go and get something they just can't get anywhere else. Yep, yep. And and uh, you know, it, we have uh, probably three or four different uh, yogurt ice cream shops, and and. Uh, and they, we don't saddle them up next to each other, but they're, they're spread out enough to where everybody enjoys them and, and they're all doing real well. So, uh, you know, even, even they play nice together in the sandbox together. 
Yeah, and it takes a team, right? So yeah, I know yep. you have a great team on at Las Olas, and it takes a team of working with other um, other landlords, and it takes a team working with the city, right? You've been a great partner to the city over the years. Yeah, we you know we uh, definitely see ourselves as stewards of the community, and so you know we we step up when where uh, whether it's. Uh, um, being active in um, areas that the city has, whether it's uh, planning and zoning or the downtown development authority, things like that, or if it's uh, or if it's more of a fun nature where it's with the Riverwalk Trust and 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 events like that, uh, we just try to participate and and be a part of uh, of a great downtown community. So if you, if you had to look in a crystal ball into the future and you said, hey. This is why I think retail and, you know, coming out to a, a street like Las Olas Boulevard or other locations across the country, why do you think that there's upside for entrepreneurs? Well, uh, let me start with, you know, as we look to entrepreneurs, we've got a lot of tenants that have been on the boulevard that have gone through this metamorphosis uh, with us. Um, and the poster child that I think of, Andy, um, right off the bat, is the Moss and Hoffman's Men's Store. They recently downsized from a, uh, a store that they were on on the boulevard for three or four decades, and they moved out of seven or 8,000 feet into one of our spaces of about 2,000 feet, have the same selection and all that, and yet, you know, it gets back to what I was saying, people come in and touch and feel it, and they can either cash and carry it right there um, or because they've got a warehouse nearby or they can have it shipped, so they can backfill their their inventory in house um, as quickly as they can ship it out. So they've got a unique situation. But I think that's that's the uh, that's the direction of retail. Um, retail still is in a morph, uh, but there is tremendous opportunity because you know, at the end of the day, humans are inquisitive people, and so you know it's, it's a matter of finding the right niche. Uh, it's interesting. It's it's fun to see the things that 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 uh, people find interesting and interact with. So, um, you know, the nice thing about entrepreneurialism is, is you know everybody's got a different perspective of what they can do in their trade and 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 bring it. And um, you know that that's uh, that is flourishing down here. Yeah, and I agree. And there's lots of people moving to Florida and other places in the country. So. Mike, thanks. Great conversation. I really appreciate you coming on today. Andy, anytime. Thanks for tuning into our show today. If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcasting app and leave us a review. If you have questions or suggestions for the show, visit us at tworld slash the deal board or email us at the deal board at tworld.com. Life's soundtrack can feel a bit like, but you can still change the station. With Delta Airlines, you can turn your soundtrack into a global chorus. Delta, keep climbing.